talk about partnering with your favor. I want you to partner with your favor. Look at somebody and say, partner with your favor. Now, please understand, if you are a believer in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, then something called the favor of God is on your life. But I want to tell you, you need to partner with your favor. Let's go back to where favor really, really began. For the Hebrew slaves in Egypt during the first Passover, the blood of the lambs that were slain and their blood applied over the doorpost and the lintel had three primary benefits. The first benefit was salvation. God had said, I'm releasing the death angel. He's going to visit every home. But wherever I see the blood, death and destruction will have to pass over you. So the first benefit of the blood of the lamb was salvation, quite literally, saved from death. Second benefit, different from salvation, was redemption. Redeem, the word means to buy back or reclaim, take ownership of again. In other words, God said, uh, when the blood is applied, you will be my people and I will be your God. So understand, it's not just that he saved them from destruction. Because, you know, an ambulance driver can save your life on the side of the road, but he's not going to take you home with him. God saved their lives and then took them home with them, made them his people. Now, the blood of Jesus has done far better and more complete things for you than the blood of those lambs in Egypt who were only a shadow and a type and a teaching tool for what God would later do by sending his only son to die for the sins of the world. Because of the blood of Jesus, you have the same things, but better as they did in the Old Testament. Romans 5, 9 tells us we have salvation. If you'll look at Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Everybody say, because of Jesus and my faith in him, I have salvation. Now, you also have redemption. That's the second thing the blood did in the Old Testament that it also does in the New. Colossians chapter 1, 13 and 14. Put that up for me. You have redemption. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He didn't just save us. He took us into his family. He took us into the kingdom of his son. But there's one more benefit. Back in Exodus, the blood of the lambs had a third characteristic that it provided. Look at Exodus 12, 35 and 36. I'm in the new international version of the scripture. It says the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. Next verse. And the Lord 
had given the people. Are you reading with me? Put Instagram up for a minute and look at this word. The Lord had given the people favor so that whatever they asked the Egyptians for, they granted them what they requested and thus they plundered the Egyptians. So the blood released salvation, the blood released redemption, but the blood also released and conveyed Favor. Everyone holler favor. favor. Now you'll find a thread through scripture. And if this is boring you, I don't care. Uh, you'll find a thread through scripture that wherever you see the blood, you'll see favor. And you'll find it from Genesis to Revelation. I'm going to say it again. A lot of people looking around. Focus for just a minute. You can eat in a second. There's a thread through scripture from Genesis to Revelation that wherever you see the blood, you will also see favor. We find it first in the life of Joseph. Remember, Joseph was the favored son of his father, and his father made him a coat of many colors as an outward sign of the favor that he held for his son in his heart. And his brothers hated the coat, and they stripped him of that coat. They sold him into slavery and they went and they took his coat and they dipped it in blood and went back and told his daddy he was dead. Some animal must have got him. But what they were doing was prophetic and they didn't even know it because wherever there is blood, there is also favor. And if you read the biblical narrative of Joseph's life, the word that is constantly confirmed over him, whether he was in the pit, in Potiphar's house, in the prison, or in the palace, it's favor, 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 favor. There's always favor where there's blood from Genesis to Revelation. Revelation chapter 7 verse 14. Look at what it says about believers in the end and how they will be recognized. John saw a great company coming toward him. He said, who is it? And he said, these are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Wherever you see blood, you will also see favor. So as a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ shed his blood to pay the penalty for your sins and that you have been washed in his blood and cleansed and accepted by God because of Jesus. If you believe that, if that is your testimony, then the favor of God is on your life. But you got to partner with the favor. Look at somebody and say, partner with the favor. To our text, one of the descendants of Joseph's bloodline, some commentaries say, was a woman named Naomi. Famine, as we spoke earlier, had forced their family to move from Bethlehem to Moab, where she loses her husband and two sons. Favor does not guarantee that you will not have losses. 
Favor does not guarantee that you will not go through pain and betrayal and heartbreak. Favor does not guarantee that you will not cry some tears and soak your pillowcase. But favor does guarantee that no matter what happens to you and no matter what you lose in this life and no matter how your heart is torn into pieces, that at the end of it, things will always turn for your good because you have when Naomi and Ruth get back to Bethlehem they find out that the wealthiest man in the region is related to Ruth's deceased husband so Boaz meets Ruth we see for the first time the signs that God's favor is on her life First of all, Boaz is impressed with her, and he gives her a job. And then he makes all the other employees at the job leave her extra blessings. Pause. We're in a season of extra blessings where God's going to use people you don't even know to be a blessing in your life. Just receive that word. When Naomi notices that Boaz is leaving Ruth extra blessings, Naomi sees a window of opportunity. Favor will bring you opportunities, but it will not force you to act on them. I'm going to say it again. Favor will bring you opportunities, but it will not force you to act on them. So Naomi, the old woman, is going to give Ruth a master class in partnering with favor. And some of her lessons will help us too. Point number one, favor needs a focused intention. I'm going to say it again. Favor needs a focused intention. Too many people, you ask them, what do you want the Lord to do for you? I don't know. Make things better. How? Be specific. What are you hoping for? Have you identified your ask? When asking of God, don't ask amiss. Be specific. Don't be random. Naomi and Ruth weren't looking for some man. They weren't looking for a man. They were looking for Boaz, who was the man. They were specific in their intention. The favor of God comes alive in your life when you target it with specificity. Look at someone say, be specific. So in Ruth chapter 3, verse 2, I'm in the New International, NIV version of the scripture. Ruth chapter 3, verse 2 says, uh, Naomi was talking. She said, Boaz, uh, tonight, He'll be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Look at what Naomi has done. She's identified what she wanted and she scoped it out. You know, she stalked him a little bit. She, she learned his schedule and she knew who he was. She knew where he was and what time he was going to be there. Uh, uh. Have you studied what you want? Have you stalked what you want? Have you researched what you want? Stop waiting on stuff to come find you. 
I'm just believing the Lord's going to send it into my living room. No, he ain't. Some blessings have to be stalked. Some blessings have to be researched. Some blessings have to be planned. Some blessings have to be studied. They put intention into the process. So identify what you want, study it out, make a plan, stalk it. A dream becomes a plan the moment you write it down and take action. Stop being nebulous, acting like God hasn't blessed you with favor. You have favor, but favor and lazy don't go together. Verse number three, she says, wash. First word in verse number three, she says, wash. Say it with me, wash. Point number two, shake your past, wash yourself. Now, everybody don't know what I'm talking about, and that's all right. Don't explain it. But if you know a little something about it, just point at somebody and say, shake your past. Wash yourself. Y'all stay holy. Shake your past. Wash yourself. Somebody going to catch it in a minute. Shake your... Don't, don't do the music now. Don't, 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 don't. Shake your past. Wash yourself. In other words, do not allow where you have been to pollute and infect where you are now. Don't allow the mess that you've been through to clutter up and dirty up what God has now brought you into. Naomi knows that Ruth has been through some mess in her life. But you can't take old mess into new opportunities. So Naomi says both practically and prophetically, honey, for this new opportunity you're about to go into, you need to shake your past. Wash yourself. Look at somebody again. Say, wash yourself. So many people ruin the new because they never washed the old. If you never experienced the washing, then everything you've been through is just all over you. You walk in for a job interview, the person interviewing you can see it. If you never wash, they can see it. The person dating you can see it. Some people are struggling in their marriage today because they're still married to three or four people. Not legally, but emotionally. You got into the next relationship without ever washing the last relationship off of you. You are not ready for the new opportunity that favor brings until you've washed off the old. Listen, the blood of Jesus cleanses and removes the penalty of sin from you. But it's your responsibility to wash your mind of the habits, of the cycles, of the communication styles, of all of the places that you've been. Of the It's your job to wash your mind. 
I just want to tell you that some of you, not you, but your neighbor, some of you have picked up personality traits from trashy people. You know, mama was a manic, so you are too. Mama had a loud, messy mouth, so you do too. Daddy had an anger problem, so you do too. Daddy was emotionally distant, so you are too. You know, you've picked up some things that aren't even yours. You don't have to be that way. Wash yourself. Look at somebody again. Say, wash yourself. Verse number three, she says, wash. Then she says, I love it. I love it. Make sure I'm in the NIV. Wash, put on the two most prophetic words in that verse. Put on. Put on. Listen to me. Nobody wakes up smelling like the best perfume in the world. Most of you wake up and you need a shower. And you need some perfume or cologne. But it's something that you have to put on. Help me say those prophetic words. Say, put on. Point number three, put better on. Put better on. How do we, how do we relate this prophetically? Apply the fragrance of a new attitude. Because the favor of God and nasty don't mix. I knew y'all wouldn't like that. I knew I was going to hit a wall with this because a lot of people, they let their attitude be regulated by their emotions. Instead of the other way around. Understand, a good attitude, positivity, and joyfulness, it's something you put on. It's a decision. I get sick and tired of people that say, uh, well, I'm just not one of those positive, you know, happy people. You know, I'm just not one of those type A, you know, good mood always people. I'm just like this. No, 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 no. Paul said, in this flesh, in our flesh nature, as a result of the fall of man, in this flesh nature, there's no good thing. Positivity is a good thing. Happiness and joy is a good thing. If you've ever seen a positive, happy, joyful person, understand this, they're not just like that. It's something they have learned to put on. It's a perfume for the soul. It's a perfume for the countenance. Does it mean they have no problems? No. Does it mean they have no difficulties facing them? No. Does it mean they're not boiling on the inside sometimes? No, it does not mean that. It means they have made the choice not to let their emotions and transient feelings control their face and the way they speak and how they go through life. A good attitude is like a perfume that you put on. Nobody wants to hire negativity. 
or marry it. Sit there and look at me. On the other hand, people are attracted to positivity and to joyfulness. And you don't always have to feel it to be it. That's your problem. You worship at the shrine of your own feelings. And you let your feelings be your God because you may worship the name of Jesus, but how you live, act, walk, and talk is more influenced than how you feel on a Tuesday morning. And some of you have been blaming God for why you haven't been elevated, promoted, increased. It's not God. The favor of God is on your life. And it's not the devil. If God is for you, he's more than the world against you. So it's not God. It's not the devil. It's that nasty, stinking, ugly, foul, mean-spirited attitude that you have adopted and grasped. And the funny thing is, you being nasty makes everybody else miserable, but it makes you miserable too. You are perpetuating a cycle of misery. Why are you holding on to something that keeps killing you? Put better on. You sit there and look at me if you want to, but I know it's the word of the Lord. Maybe if I say it a little bit like a preacher, you'll be more apt to receive it. So let me crank up for a minute and say, put better on. I said, put better on. I said, put better on. God sent me here to tell you. Give him praise or say, ouch, one of the other. Now, notice she wouldn't be saying it to her if she didn't need it. Oh, y'all idolize Ruth and, you know, buy all the Christian books about Ruth and what a wonderful story. Ruth was a mess. So favor taught her. You're going to have to wash yourself. Because where God is taking you will spit you right back out if you don't wash. Oh, and honey, you got to change the smell of your countenance, the smell of your personality, the smell. You ever been around somebody that was so nasty it almost changed the smell? Look straight at me. Did you know as merciful, kind, loving, and forgiving as God is, that God don't even want you to serve him with an attitude? Psalm 100, serve the Lord with. He didn't say serve the Lord with perfection. He didn't say serve the Lord with sinless hands. He didn't say that. He said, serve the Lord. If you're going to serve, come however you want to come with whatever issues you got, but just make sure you come with gladness. Won't you start serving your wife and your kids 
with gladness. Once you start serving your husband, your family with gladness, it's a, it's not a feeling. It's a decision. I know. And it's going to get worse, not better. Unless you put better. Put better on. Look at somebody. Smile at them. So you're not accused of being judgmental. And say, put better on. And for all of you emo people who are consumed with how you feel, I got one little point for you, one little tidbit for you. You know, it's amazing that if you put better on, you start to feel better on the inside. You want to feel better first, then put better. Don't work like that. You put better on. You put better communication on, nicer communication on, softer communication. If you would stop the nagging, you'd be amazed how the blessing would invade your house. Sit there and look at me. I'm coming after you. If you would stop the complaining and all the negativity and dragging anybody that halfway looks like they're having a good day all the way down to the floor, you would be shocked at how the goodness of God would pour into your living room, pour into your bedroom, pour into your kids room it's a decision and the devil lied to you and made you feel like that if everything wasn't going your way you had to just have a hard case of rbf if you don't know what rbf is don't ask somebody until we're outside but some of you need a holy ghost facelift because God cares about your countenance. The first judgment after Adam and Eve. Stop. Listen to me. The first judgment after Adam and Eve was on who? Does anybody read your Bible? The first judgment after Adam and Eve was on who? Cain. And God speaks to him. This was meant as a preventative measure before he killed his brother. God speaks to him. And he doesn't say. Why are you going to kill your brother? He doesn't say, why are you jealous? He doesn't say that. He said, why has thy, or why has your face, your attitude gone so sour? You can tell the path you are on at its end. Because your face is a map. Your attitude is a map. What you revert to, what you go back to as your normal is a map of where you're going in your life. Am I helping you or making you mad? So put better on. Better has a byproduct. Because when you can stand in a difficult situation with your emotions going crazy and your heart broken and still choose to put on a good attitude, you're not making that choice by yourself. 
you're making that choice informed by your faith. You're making that choice because your faith is telling you something that the world outside of us doesn't understand. Your faith is telling you they may have repossessed the car. I may have been evicted from the house. Everything may be going crazy in my marriage. Everything's upside down with the kids. My finances are in trouble. I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I got so much faith in my God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. I got so much faith in my God that no matter how it looks like right now, I wish I had somebody. No matter how it looks like right now, I wish I had some hurting people that would start giving God a praise by faith saying, no matter how it looks like right now, I'm going to put a smile on. I'm going to put a good attitude on. I'm going to put a praise on because I know too much about God to believe that he'll lead me in this situation. The favor of God is on my life. My best days are still ahead of me. All hell may be breaking loose, but I'm still blessed. I refuse to glorify my trouble more than I glorify my God. To God be the glory. He's good in the morning. He's good in the noonday. He's good in the middle of the night. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in What's that? It's putting better on. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Spirit of heaviness is internal. The garment of praise is external but there's something about putting on something in the external that will drive out what's going on we almost done slap three people say put it on 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 I feel the Holy Ghost dropping deliverance. I feel the Holy Ghost breaking anxiety. I feel the Holy Ghost doing something on the ends. Take 20 seconds and give God an I'm happy praise. I'm joyful praise. I feel like it's getting better praise. I'm feeling stronger praise. Come on, praise him. Open up your mouth. Lift up your hands. Get the shout out. Katarabashe. Ilorobo sotarabashe ki arabahaya. Akarobo se. Etarabababasiya. If you need it, get it. It's here. If you need it, get it. It is here. If you need it, get it. 
There's four people, just four of you, that need to get out of the aisle and dance right now like you lost your mind. It'll leave you if you dance. It'll flee from you if you dance. Know where you are, but it'll leave you. Oh, yes. not have to be divided and segmented where different camps major on different things. Listen, Paul said the Old Testament is a schoolmaster, a teacher meant to take you by the hand and lead you in understanding about the fullness of Christ. So what God did in the old was a part of the picture of what he was establishing in the new. Jesus Christ, the son of the almighty God, was arrested, beaten, spit upon, taken to the whipping post, and beaten until he was unrecognizable physically. He was a blob of flesh and bone. He carried his own cross up a hill, was nailed to it, bled himself dry, and then died as his blood soaked into the earth. Three days later, by the power of God the Father, he who was dead was raised. And from that moment, whoever looks upon Jesus the gospel, whoever repents and turns from themselves as the source of safety, salvation, and wholeness, and trusts fully in him. In heaven, his blood is applied to their life, and his blood brings salvation, redemption, but also favor. We don't have to apologize for it. I never do. I'm one of the most favored people you will ever set your eyes on. I can't tell you everything going on in my life because I don't want you to get mad at me and not receive what I'm preaching. But the blessing of the Lord in all forms, the blessing of the Lord is on my life. Listen. It's on your life. Listen, but you have got to part.
partner with the favor. Partner with the favor. So identify with intention what you want, what you're believing for. Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Have you identified it? Number two, you got to wash. You got to shake your past and, and wash yourself. Number three, you got to put on the fragrance. You got to put on better. You got to put it on and, and partner with your favor. No matter what you have done, where you have been, or what's going on in your life in this moment, you have heard the gospel preached in all its forms. The gospel is so simple, it's almost an insult to the God that sacrificed so much to give it to us. And yet, because he remembers that we are dust, he gave us a simple way. A simple way. A simple way. Narrow is the way because there's only one. That's Jesus. But it's profoundly simple. Romans tells us about it. That if you confess with your mouth that you believe in your heart the things concerning Jesus, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, that by faith we stand in grace, Romans 5, that it is by faith that we access the things of God. If you're a sinner and you're not right with God, if you've never connected the inward belief to the outward confession, everyone bow your heads and invite anyone that wants to to pray this prayer. Not, not a sinner's prayer, not a pamphlet prayer, a prayer according to the Bible. He shouldn't have put it in there if he didn't want us to pray it. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've committed sin. I'm in need of salvation. And I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart, that you died for me and that you rose for me on the third day. I repent of my sins. I repent of my way. And I turn to you. I ask you to save me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give the Lord a hand praise. <clears throat> Hallelujah.